Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Kratom Sobriety Podcast. This is episode 36, and this is Jacob. I'm here with Decima. Hey, Jacob. How's it going? Doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks. So this week on the podcast, we have an interview with Jan. Or Jan, sorry. I, I actually interviewed Jan, and I said his name wrong in the interview, so you'll hear that as part of it. Jan is a former law enforcement officer that found himself addicted to Kratom as he was entering the next phase of his life. And he was also a recovering alcoholic, like a, like a few of us that have been on the podcast and myself included. Um, so it's a really good discussion. And it was good to talk to someone of demographic that's a little bit older. And I don't think we've ever had anyone on from the law or the former law enforcement. It's an interesting discussion. We hope you'll get a lot out of it. Can't wait to hear uh, that. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought, it, thought it came out pretty good, but you can you can be the judge. <laughs> All right, before Decima and I get into today's topic, we just wanted to let you all know that if you are liking the podcast and are comfortable and want to leave us a good star rating on Spotify or Apple or a positive written review on Apple, that would be a huge help. The algorithms that those platforms use you look at the, the rating information and it'll help it to be served to other folks that might be struggling with Kratom substance abuse and, and could use the help. Hook us up. Help us help others. Yes, please. All right. Um, so for our intro this week, we were going to have a little chat about mushrooms, all different, all different kinds, etc. So it seems to be a hot topic today in the recovery community as well as um, in the mental health community in general. So I'm going to start with um, some of my experiences. So when I was deep in the throes of my Kratom addiction, I had the opportunity to take some psilocybin mushrooms. I actually lived in a city at the time where they were decriminalized. But I would have, just to be honest, I, I don't really care. I probably would have done it otherwise. But anyways, I did it, I think, three times over like a year period. And I will say that I found the experience to be profound and helpful. But for me, really, left every time I had the experience, it was it was really good. I learned something about myself. And I had the resolve that night that I was going to stop using Kratom. I would wake up the next day and that resolve would be gone. So it didn't really help with 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 ending my addiction to Kratom, but I would say it did help with the mental health and probably helped to get me on the on on the path. So that would be my experience. I think there's a lot of mental health benefits to that, but I don't think it's going to cure your addiction or anything like that. Oh, mushrooms to me, such such a fun subject because there are so many different kinds of mushrooms and everybody feels differently. You know, no judgment here, whatever your stance is on that. But I will say I love mushrooms, all different kinds of mushrooms. I use mushrooms daily. To me, mushrooms, certain mushrooms, I call them medicinal, fall under the scope of nootropics. But these mushrooms that I'm referring to right now at this point are These are mushrooms that are not psychoactive. They don't, they're not psilocybin. They're things like lion's mane, reishi, shiitake, turkey tail, king trumpet, things like this. 
Now, I will say I feel that they did greatly help me with my detox because I started consuming these daily for a few, I want to say maybe about 12 weeks before I actually stopped taking Kratom. I started taking these mushrooms daily and I definitely noticed a difference in basically my overall sense of well-being every day. I do attribute it greatly to these mushrooms. Now, so my experience with psilocybin, it doesn't, it's not legal where I live, but I have tried psilocybin before on like the micro dose level. And I did find that helpful also. I found it, like you said, it didn't help me actually like detox, but I think helped put me in the right state of mind to prepare myself and get ready to take on that battle in my life. So I do definitely. Now, as far as like the heroic doses, hey, y'all are heroes if you're out there doing that. (laughs) I think it's really neat. I wish I were brave enough, but I just don't trust myself to go all the way there. I'm just not brave enough. But yeah, that's, that's my take on the mushrooms. I also wanted to bring up one more. It's called I had to Google how to say it correctly. Amanita muscaria. It's the one that you think of typically like the Alice in Wonderland mushroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Joe Rogan refers to it as like the Christmas mushroom, the Santa Claus mushroom, the red one with the little white dots. But it yeah. is psychoactive, but not. it's not psilocybin. It's actually legal. And it's something that we can purchase here where I live. And I have used it on occasion in like micro doses, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I had a good experience with them. I have nothing bad to say about mushrooms. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, you have a lot more experience with the, the other non-very psychoactive ones, I guess I would say. I'm interested to actually, I've heard a lot of good things about Lion's Mane and I was thinking about trying that one. I've also, I don't think it's a mushroom, but I've heard a lot of good things. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but I think it's like ashwagandha is another substance I hear a lot of good things about. Love it. Okay. You have some experience Mm -hmm. with that too. Actually, probably I think in the new year, I might maybe pick some of that up and maybe try to integrate that with some of my wellness stuff. So that could, that could be interesting. Well, I was actually introduced to it, and I'm not going to say any name brands because I don't want to, you know, get us in trouble there. But yeah, there, of course, <laughs> there are a lot of mushroom lattes, coffees, drink mixes, things like that out there that are available, and some of them are really good. They have a nice mix of mushrooms in there. That was how I was introduced to taking those mushrooms daily. I will have like my mushroom latte every morning instead of a coffee but yeah love my mushrooms nice well listeners i think you have get a wide variety of experience from both myself and, and decima's experience so if you're you're interested in you know trying psychoactive or non-psychoactive mushrooms you'll, you'll have to make that choice on your own we don't condone any illegal activity here so be the judge we have to make our own decisions on what wellness products we want to use that that could be helpful to our lives and our recovery if you are wanting to try psilocybin mushrooms in a dosage that is psychedelic just a word of caution if you haven't had experiences like that it's best to make sure that you you prepare and um, have potentially someone that is sober to ensure that you know you're healthy as they can be a profound and powerful experience 
we can now get on to the interview with Jen. Today with us, we have Jan. Jan, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and talking to us today. So, Jan, how would you introduce yourself? You know, things like how old you are, what you do for fun, what you do for work, all that kind of things. Okay. I am a 57-year-old male, and I live in New Jersey. I have been married for 33 years, which is my greatest accomplishment. I have four adult children. And I spent most of my adult life in law enforcement. I started when I was 19. I retired at the age of 45. Since retirement, I have been a firearms instructor, a yoga teacher, uh, just a school security officer, a bunch of other part-time job services, my calling. So that's where I usually end up. As far as hobbies and things like that, I'm extremely athletic. I have completed 100-mile races in 23 hours. I ran the length of the Appalachian Trail in New Jersey, which is 73 miles. I did that with my cousin in 33 hours. Uh, Endurance athlete, things like that. Wow. The the most I've ever done is half marathon. I I can't imagine doing a 73-mile race. (laughs) Training for half marathon was crazy, but wow. Yeah, I'm sure you just keep it. That's that's easy to that's easy to say, but not easy to do. Well, that's great. Awesome, awesome for you. We've definitely never had a a former law enforcement person on here, so that's that's really cool. And uh, yeah, that's awesome that you've got such a big family. And um, seems like you're you're getting to do a lot of fun things in your free time. So, what was your kratom abstinence date? When did you? When did you stop using? It's it's, approxima- it's approximately ninety days ago. I quit counting after seventy five, and I can get into why that came up because it was a part of a program I did that specifically one hundred percent helped me get through to give me a goal to get it done. It's about ninety days, right around there. Okay, about ninety days. And how did you find out about kratom, and when did you first use it? To back up a little further, I have. Mm-hmm not drank in five years. Alcohol was becoming a problem. It was actually part of, uh, not to make excuses, but it was part of the culture when I came into the police world. Mm-hmm. And then post-retirement just seemed like it was just getting a bit out of out of control. So in this past June, that, that would have been five years. And I had tried stopping drinking many, many times before, but it was just a uh, interesting phone call I had with a other retired officer who I know went to rehab and I called him and he literally just a short conversation completely changed the way I thought about things. I always say now that I have been given the gift of addiction and I say it in a way because it's got makes me successful. I am mm-hmm. uh, I, I have no problem with obsessing over things. How else do you run a hundred miles? You know, <laughs> you, do, yeah, you don't sure. casually do that. I'll be very successful in my career, and I can even say it's successful in my personal life because I'm not a halfway do-it person. And when he kind of explained to me that's your issue with drinking is, you know, that's you're that kind of person, it made a lot of sense to me. And it yeah. was, well, I, I really just put it down to I have to change my habits. It just drinking became a It's what you did. 
and uh, sobriety from alcohol was, to me, it's, it's a superpower I have that I can use because I don't need anything else. And it really opened my day to, there wasn't like the time before I drink and the time after I drink type of day, because everything after you start is non-productive. So that was way behind me. And I heard about Kratom just listening to a podcast, somebody who was in the, you know, athletic background and things like that. And they mentioned this specific product that is, uh, it was, marketed as an alcohol alternative and sports enhancement type thing. Well, I had mine written all over it and I looked into it. First, I had to order it by mail and it's very expensive, little bottles. And um, it, to say, what it said it was going to do, not necessarily for the, the sports enhancement. I didn't use it for that. It was more like, hey, I can go out, knock back one of these little bottles and I'm good to go. And yeah. Even though it was expensive, it was still way cheaper than when I used to drink anyway. So I was ahead of the game, and I had thought I found the holy grail. It Can was, I ask you a yeah. question? Because I also have almost five years alcohol-free. Did you find that when you stopped drinking and you started using Kratom that it crushed all those, like, any sort of feelings you might have had to drink? Well, that's funny you say that because in my many, many – my Kratom thing lasted a little over a year. Okay. And when I was really trying, like, I have to quit this. This is going to, it was sucking the soul out of me. And I have to quit this for, for many reasons. I actually made a plan. So, okay, when we go on the family vacation to the beach, I'm going to go cold turkey. Okay. And here's my plan. I'll just drink to, to get over. Yeah. I knew the withdrawals were coming. I yeah. said, vacation. I could be totally irresponsible. So I'll just drink. And once this week is up, I'll be free, you know, of, of anything. Well, I had like two beers and my brain was, I was actually getting a headache. My brain was going like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. So it didn't work. Weird kind of way didn't work, which actually at the time frustrated me even more because I was like, geez, I can't, even, you know, I thought that would be an easy way out of this mess. Yeah. Uh, but I am I have drinking so far behind me that didn't work. And, you know, so that method of quitting didn't work either. I came back and just dove right back into it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about, you were talking about your progression where you um, started with buying the, the little bottles of the, the Kratom product. Yeah. With, yeah. It um, started with, hey, this is good for social interactions. Mm-hmm. Once in a, and, and progressed it went from yeah. you know okay once in a while okay only on the weekends to okay how about you know then i started just the mail ordering it and just getting it by a case because it was cheap uh, okay okay it was cheaper to do it that way and then eventually um uh, marijuana is now legal in new jersey recreationally so there's i call them weed shops are everywhere mm-hmm. and they have they advertise right you know out front that they have the product yeah i live in new england they're everywhere up here too yeah and then so also was the gas station and mm-hmm. You know, at first it was like, well, this, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with this product yeah. and, you know, there's no downside to it, but it went from once in a while to every day. Okay. After work to, you know, now it's multiple times a day. And, and I've listened to your podcast and I've heard of other people using the product going up to astronomical amount of, of times, you know, but I was like three, maybe four on the weekend. That'd be really pushing it. I was using the extract bottle stuff, and I got up to four when I was using it. Like yeah, a day, which is, was a bunch. 
And then eventually it got to, you know, three times a day, morning, afternoon, uh, you know, and it also hit me at a time where I was like, you know, working a job that I really wasn't getting a lot of satisfaction of, which in hindsight, you know, actually is a good job. But it was like the Kratom took my soul. It was, it was, if yeah. it, everything, I hated everything. You know, I lost my inhibition. I was, thank God I have good discipline because I was still exercising. Yeah. Uh, but just going through the motions and it was just nothing else really mattered, which shocked me that I even felt that way. Yeah, I got the same way at, at some point. It was like, I was like, I look back on things. I was like, things were really great. And I didn't even get to enjoy like a good part of my life because I was just numbing myself out and wasn't really there for anything. And I, you know, I kind of regret that I let that substance do that to me, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it really surprised me that even happened. And one of the lines yeah. is funny because I read a line in a book and I, was, and I actually wrote it down. It was just, I was deteriorating faster than I can lower my standards. Yeah, that's a that's a really great quote. Yeah. And that's exactly what described me because I was doing things that it was just like, that's not me. Yeah. So you have a history of struggling with, with alcohol, any other substances? Nope. That was it. That no. was enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, any, any of them is enough to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you said you, you, you were on Kratom for about a year. When did it start be- to become a problem for you in that like year of usage? I don't know the exact time, but I knew it was becoming a problem when it was like not only every day, but it seemed like it was consuming everything else. It probably, uh, yeah. it probably took, you know, at least a year to, to lead up to that. For a while, it didn't seem like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. I'm, gonna, I'm not drinking, like that kind of an excuse for it. But, but it, that's not an excuse. And then I also yeah. noticed that I was the... I could tell when I like, okay, it's time to, to grab another bottle because I'm starting to get cranky. And yeah. the first time I also noticed it was when I said, okay, I'm going to stop because this is getting to be too much. If anything, financially, it was getting to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I did stop, that was the first time I realized like, wow, there's actually withdrawals with this. Yeah. And- did the same exact thing i was like oh you know this isn't as bad as drinking or any sort of drugs it's legal you know i felt the same way like I, i'll just stop and then you know you do and you're like holy shit i'm like legit sick this is weird <laughs> this yeah, isn't good really surprised me because i yeah. you know, i'd never been down that road before and at first it was the restless legs and yeah uh, then i couldn't sleep and that's when I was like, wow, maybe there's something to this. And interesting, this past May, I went to Utah. I did a seven-day desert survival course. And leading up to that, I'm thinking, I got to get off this stuff before. Yeah. Because I'm not going through this detox in the desert. It was bad enough that there's no food or anything that we were doing. Mm-hmm. But I also had to get a my doctor to sign off that I was fit enough to go to this program. and I get my blood, you know, tested yearly anyway. And my liver had some issues with it that were really? abnormal. That was, it was abnormal. Well, when I saw the, you know, my report it was like, gee, I wonder where that came from. Yeah. And my doctor brought it up. He says, Hey, you got some issues with your liver here. And I told him what it was. Yeah. I said, Hey, he, say? he knew very little about it. If not, yeah. and I was educating him on it. Okay. You know, and that, that was just like, 
I quit just long enough, you know, for maybe a week or so, so I can go on this trip and wouldn't have issues while I was out there. Okay, so you went through the you went cold turkey withdrawal before you went on the trip. Okay, yeah, that and then was you back went in May. You know, ultimately, I didn't have the right why of why I was quitting. Yeah, I know that now. I mean, I did it for a short term reason. I'm like, okay, I got to do it to go on this trip. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we got out of the desert, you know, I just pulled up on my phone where the closest place was to get it. And, you know, picked up a couple of bottles there. And, uh, you know, immediately before I even got back home, I was already back up to two or three bottles, you know. So you do the trip to the desert, you come back, that's May. What made you finally decide to make the, you know, the final jump and, and quit for good? I think coming into June and July, I was quitting every day. Okay. And, you know, one thing I do have is persistence. Once you make up that decision, I think it's like you can't undo it, right? You know you have a problem and you know you don't want to do it. You're going to stop. It just might take some people longer than others. Right. And and it was trying to find a way to quit. That's what it was. And, you know, I would quit every day. And then every day I would end up going back to it. And it was shocking to me, like, you know, who's running the show here? Because it's not me. I did that, like, for two years, probably. Yeah. (laughs) It really surprised me because it was so out of been known, said to people, uh, people have pointed out that I'm the most disciplined person they've ever met. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So this was so out of character for me. Oh, here's the other thing is nobody knows I'm, I have this issue either. My yeah. wife did. And my wife is, a, you know, the absolute hero of this entire story because yeah. we would do the, okay, I'd buy a box and you hide it from me trick. You can only get one a day and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. You don't you don't want to be playing those games. Yeah, one of my the other thing is, you know, my wife is a jealous lover and only allow me to love her and not something else, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You're not allowed to have any demons. Nobody else and you know, my friends or anybody else knew. Ironically, in the beginning I was touting how great this was to my friends. They're like, look, I don't have no I they knew I don't drink anymore, but look at this other great stuff and I'm having a good time. Yeah. But, you know, that all came crashing down after a while when it was completely c- controlling me. And I said, I have to do something. So I would come up with like, okay, here's my plan for today. Sometimes I would just try and, you know, plow through it, grip my teeth and see how that goes. And that, that never went well. And then, then there was that thing I was previously talking about is, okay, I'll go on vacation and where I don't have to be responsible. Yeah. I'll just roll back and drink. And okay. that didn't work. So now I'm cranky. I actually, on that trip, that was down in uh, North Carolina, the beaches. I actually okay. pulled out my phone to see if I can buy it someplace, jumped in my car, drove like 30 miles to like four different places. And I think it's being banned in some places or it's extremely regulated in North Carolina. Because I couldn't, I mean, it was according to the, the product's website, it was supposed to be there. And I was, uh, mm. I, went, I went inside to one of the stores and, you know, one of the gas station type stores and the guy said, yep. uh, he had a, there was a language barrier, but I think he said that they don't have it anymore. It was banned. I was like, oh, all right. So tail between my legs, I drove home back to our rental okay. house and stuff. But it was a progress of like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit every day, every day. And then, of course, now I'm becoming absolutely miserable to be with because not only am I failing at quitting every day, I feel like crap that I you have sound to- kind of like a dry drunk, right? Like someone that's yeah. like not really like wanting to quit but you're kind of still you're kind of like half in half out sort of well, it's, it's not, and not doing anything for it 
it's interesting you say that because my daughter-in-law is a certified hip, hypnotherapist or okay. hypnos- does hypnosis. And I went to her and it worked for like two weeks. But because I really didn't want to quit, you know, I, I'm smart enough to know how that works and, and, you know, the upside of that also. And I would say it worked until I didn't want it to work anymore. And I wanted to go back to do it because it was the answer to none. It was the answer to my questions. I didn't even know what I was asking. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it just wasn't the time at that time. And as I said, that working a job that was a great job in hindsight just wasn't fulfilling. So I was dragging that into it and I felt like I should be doing more. And it was the answer to, okay, I can just sit here and feel, I used to say it even out loud to my wife. I said, it's a cheap high. I don't have to work. It is, it is a cheap high. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's it, why we use. and I don't do that. You know, if I want to feel good about yeah. doing something, it's going to be an extreme athletic event or work. I really enjoy working hard or having a challenge. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. also into rock climbing and I've had rock climbing routes that I would spend weeks on working just to move up, you know, one body length or a couple feet up and just really enjoyed the challenge and understood that failing was actually part of it. Where mm-hmm. this one, this product just completely whipped me. But then I would get aggravated at myself that I can't get through this. So now yeah. that's my role. Yeah, that's what frustrates me about a lot of the people that are like, Kratom can never can, can't become like a serious problem. It's like, yes, it can. It's just as serious as any other opiate if you take enough of it, in my opinion. Like, it's mm-hmm. no different. It's just a legal one. That's all. So did you taper or did you go cold turkey or did you use any like medi- medication or anything like that when you quit for the final time? I went cold turkey and I'll explain how this worked out. I had yeah, found, please. I found your podcast, which was good because I was like, oh, oh, awesome. I'm very good at quitting. It was just I had to find the right time and the right way to go mm-hmm. about doing it. Okay. And, you know, and, and that's, you know, to even bring this to anybody else who's listening, never keep quitting. <laughs> keep yeah. quitting. If it's if it's only days or hours, just keep going, keep going, keep going. So that's what yeah, I was doing. Sure. And I also found a Facebook group, and I was reading them, and it was a little bit on the Reddit thing. I don't, I don't do too much of Reddit, but I was seeing some of their okay. stuff. So the first part of that was like, holy cow, I'm not the only guy out here. There's like a lot yeah. of people. So that made me feel a little bit better because I thought maybe I'm the only one who – you know, who had this issue going on. Cause I know never- there's, there's a lot of us and there's a lot more every day, unfortunately, but yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be a big problem to be honest with you based on mm-hmm. like some of this, the gross statistics I've seen. But anyway, get back to your story. <laughs> so from there. Okay. Now I had some outlets, some things I can listen to and read mm-hmm. on the Facebook thing. I would never add to it. I would just like reading it and stuff. And then in my, because I'm extremely athletic, I heard about this program called 75 heart. And it's for 75 days. And because in the meantime, I'm thinking, well, maybe if I just sign up for some like ridiculously long running race, that'll, mm-hmm. be, that'll be the answer. But the smarter part of me went, no, because you could still do Kratom and run, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. World, you know, any athletic thing, this is, you know, it's not like it's really going to, you know, if as long as I keep, matter of fact, as long as I keep doing it, it'll be quite fine. But anyway, with the 75 Hard program, which I heard about from a, a different podcast, okay. and the guy who put that together, it's it's a very simple program. It's 75 days long. You do five things. One, pick a healthy diet and stick with it. So okay. to me, that was actually no issue. It's okay, I'm not going to eat somebody's birthday cake or you know pizza, but I generally eat very clean anyway. So that was not an issue. Yeah. Two 45-minute workouts a day separated by a few hours. One of them has to be outside. I'm like, okay. okay. And it could be as simple as walking. 
Yeah. Okay. Killer, as a matter of fact, you can't go crazy because there's no days off. Read 10 pages of nonfiction, something, you know, that's uh, for development and gallon of water. That one was tough. <laughs> yeah. Because the program is a lot more about self-discipline and time management than a fitness type thing. And and take a progress photo, which is important, I guess, for people who are doing the program that are looking at weight loss or, or something along those lines. So progress photos for me would be a shirt off picture standing in the mirror doing your selfie type thing. Okay. A friend of mine had done it last year and he said, yeah, it's, it's a good, hard, long challenge because it's a grind. It's 75 days, no days off. Yeah, that's so, a long time. <laughs> I came up with the idea that oh, and as part of the, the diet part of it is there's no alcohol, which meant nothing to me because I don't drink. Yeah, because you don't drink. So you don't I, to worry about that. Yeah, I okay. took out the alcohol part and I put in no Kratom. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. And I came up with this idea like on a Thursday. And I said, this is what I'm going to do starting Monday because you never start anything immediately because you got to gotta give yourself time, right? Yeah, so, you want to one day, and I I printed out a check sheet that you can get from the website for the seventy five hard thing, and I'm going to do this, and this is going to be my way to to get off this stuff because now I have a goal, and it's a long goal. It's not something quick. It's not like just make it through the weekend and things like that. And I decided to do that on Thursday. Well, Friday, I would just happen to be scrolling through the Facebook Kratom site. And I saw people in there that were like, I'm on day three and day four. And I was just so jealous because I knew I was going to do it for another couple more days to start on Monday. Hmm. I said, screw it. I'm doing it. I'm starting Saturday morning. <laughs> I couldn't wait. Yeah, there you go. I get it. Yeah. So I did my, yeah, my last dose on a Friday, which I don't even remember. It was like, At that point, I was, it was just drinking. It, it was uneventful. It was just what I did. And I started that Saturday. And the first couple of days with the withdrawals were a little rough, but the interesting part of if you look into or read or hear from anybody, um, what help with withdrawals, it's exercise mm-hmm. and a lot yeah. of water and a lot of water. Well, that's part of the program. So, you know, twice a day workouts, one of them has to be outside. So what it eventually came down to is in order for me to get my first workout in before I went to work, I would get up at four o'clock in the morning put on my backpack with 55 pounds in it and walk around my neighborhood for 45 minutes up and down the hills before yeah. work. That way, when I in, wow. the, in the afternoon, I can get my second workout. And I also wanted to get a good quart of water in me, but first. So yeah, this, I get what this you're saying. program really, really helped me because it gave me a long-term goal. Yeah. There's a lot of things you said there that I think are really good to point out for the listeners. The first one is make a plan. It doesn't have to be your plan, but make a plan that you think you can do and just execute it. Like that's, I think that's really important if you're going to create them or any drug or alcohol Mm -hmm. or anything, make a plan. You know what it was good is it had daily goals of look at, you know, I had the goals are good. It literally had a checklist. And at the end of the day, I had a check. And, it, and the way the program works is if you don't do everything, you go back to day one. Yeah. After about 10 or 15 days of this, you do not want to go back to day one. And there were many times I just wanted to quit the program just because it was a grind. It was just every yeah. single day. You know, I ended up printing out a picture of Sisyphus, the, the Greek uh, story of the guy who pushed yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah, every day he pushes it back. Yep. Well, here's the joke. Sisyphus actually enjoys it because it has he has purpose every day. And that's what it also gave me. It gave me a job every day outside of my job that I do for money. But it was just like, I have to do this every day. Yeah, I remember the second thing I wanted to say was about um, exercise. 
So exercise releases natural endorphins. Mm-hmm. So it is like to your point, it is really good when you feel like crap. It's like the worst, the last thing you want to do. You know, I've been through all kinds of different withdrawals and the last thing you ever want to do is get out of bed and go do that exercise. But even like you said, if it's just walking around your neighborhood, you will feel better for at least a few minutes and that, that relief will give you what you need to continue to keep pushing on. So yeah, how did the first month of your quit go, if you don't mind my asking? I would say after the first 10 days, I was in really good shape. It was just like breaking a habit of like, this is what I do. Because mm-hmm. my day my day started to go around the Kratom use. Yeah. So so I had to get out of that, just the, the habit of it. It was like blazing a different trail. Like, you know, even down to when I would leave to go to work and, okay, I'm going to stop and pick up here and, and stop and pick up there. And, uh, you know, so I had to get out of that hat. But after about 10 days, I was in the new groove of the, doing the 75 hard program. Like, okay, this is what your new project is. And one of the other interesting things of it was as part of the program, you have to take a progress picture, which I had no interest in taking the progress picture because I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it to look any different. I have to look at myself in the mirror. And leading up to that, I wasn't too happy about what was in the mirror when I was using constantly. Yeah, my skin looked terrible and like yellow. Oh, I, I don't mean Gross. on the outside. I mean on the inside. I understand. I wasn't yeah. very proud of myself. that I, you Yeah. Know, I was, getting involved this deep into this is completely out of character for me. And yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. But as, I got it. it's interesting as the 75 days progressing, ultimately, especially the last couple of days, I have a big old goofy smile on my face because I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, that's huge. You're almost at 90 days. That's a big, big accomplishment. Other than what you mentioned about the, the, the exercise and the, the couple other things, is there anything else that helped with the withdrawals? Uh, no, I think some of it was just determination. Which could waver. I just really threw myself into this 75 hard program that it was all I was thinking about. I really wanted to accomplish this for no other person than myself, you know. And I've been fortunate enough to work with the addiction group in there. I ran the New York City Marathon for the Heron Project. You familiar? Oh, with wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I ran the first, the first time they ever did New York City. I was actually in their group that ran the New York City thing there. So I'm familiar. Okay. Of course, having 25 years in law enforcement, I'm, I'm familiar with addiction issues. I probably dealt with it on a daily Yeah, day. I'm sure you, you have uh, a ton of experience so there. I think it's important for someone that is in recovery that, you know, to have pride in themselves. And, you know, there's something good to be said about, hey, I got myself in this mess and I got myself out of this mess. Did I do it by myself? Yeah. Absolutely not. I did not do it by myself. I did it with your podcast, some complete strangers on a Facebook group. You know, a program, you know, there's a lot to be said, in my opinion, on that, that, you know, you need to have that pride of like, hey, I did this. You know, nobody handed it to me. I had to work for it. At least that's the way I do things. I think it's good to acknowledge like, yeah, you if you're comfortable with it, like, yeah, I went through something, but you know what? I'm I'm strong and I've worked and gone through it and and I'm better for it. You know, addiction is a disease, but at the same time, like I can be accountable for my actions and those can be, you know, two things that are in in harmony at some point. And that's, you know, as we we were talking earlier, I said I was reluctant to do this because, Mm -hmm. you know, it it, it is a bit of vulnerability, but the reason I'm doing it is because I hope it helps somebody. Somebody hears it and goes, hey, this guy's a bit like me. You know, and if he can do it, I can yeah. do it. 
or, or maybe I say something and they go, oh, okay. You know, the way my friend said something to me five years ago about drinking, it was, which was literally a conversation he had. I barely even talked and he did. And, I, and when I got off the phone, I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And it was, it was as simple as that to quit drinking. So I'm hoping that somebody hears something I said and there's a similar, you know, response. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure someone will, will relate to this story and, um, will, it'll help them to, to feel a little bit less alone. And, and, Another thing that that you alluded to is um a sense of community like this this allows this allows you to have a sense of community so whatever it is out there if you're if you're looking to get clean off kratom or really anything else like you want to build a, a community that you can rely on because when you're using you're typically isolating yourself and you're not uh-huh. as engaging as you would be otherwise. Yeah, it was weird to read other people's Facebook posts and they were, the weird part about it is when I was seeing people that were like, hey, I'm on day three and I was jealous because I couldn't do day one. (laughs) I did day one over and over and over. Just keep quitting. That's what I tell people. You know, keep quitting. You just haven't found the way yet that works for you. You know, I know some people with, you know, with alcohol, 12 step or AA will work for them. I tried that. It's just not my cup of tea. It didn't work for me. But I Did found you do any, anything else like smart recovery or anything like that? Nope. No, okay. I just uh, had a friend that was even way before the five years ago when I tried to quit. It was probably five years before that. And he brought me to a meeting. And if it works for people, knock yourself out. That's fantastic. I'm glad something could work for me. It was mm-hmm. just not my thing. Yeah, that's fine. Totally yeah. fine. It's like you said, every everybody's recovery journey is different and the Mm -hmm. best thing about you know recovery now is there are so many different ways and things and tools that you're usually going to be able to find some sort of specific help out there yeah even if it's just talking to one person yeah that you know has been there done that kind of thing what's your um what's your life like to not like today now that you're kratom free oh absolutely fantastic where it was way before i even started it (laughs) good (laughs) and you know it's in hindsight, I'm glad I went through it. It was a hell of a challenge. It was an eye opening, and in, in you know, as far as a life yeah. experience goes, it made me much. You know, I was always very compassionate for people with addiction issues because I spent so much of my life, in, you know, professionally dealing with them, and then working with the Heron Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I understand, like, like nobody would pick this as a lifestyle if they didn't have to. That's for sure. And, no, no, everybody and, just. You know, you think you're going to try something recreationally. No one ever thinks they're going to be the one that gets addicted. I'm glad I went through it, especially if it can help some other people. You know, if you would have told me five years ago that I would have went through it, I would have totally not even believed you. It's just just totally out of my character for something like this to happen. Yeah. Um, It it hit me at the right time and it took advantage of me at the right time. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't out of my character, but I thought I was like, I, I really thought after the shit I went through with alcohol that that was it for addiction. So I really found myself surprised when I was addicted to Kratom. I was like, mm-hmm. this wasn't, I didn't even know you could get addicted to this, number one. And number two, now that I am, I'm really pissed off at myself about it. But anyways, if you could, so let's light, lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? I don't know. It's funny because it depends on who I'm traveling with. If I'm by myself, I have a backpack and I'm walking through the woods for hundreds of miles or living out of the back of my car. When I'm with my wife, that's a whole different ballgame. That's a little bit more lap of luxury and a lot more organized. Okay. Uh, And that's 
future plans now that our kids are older and, and moving out is to go travel. Nothing, okay. nothing is coming up right now, but there's a lot of places in our country I haven't seen yet. That was also the appeal of going to the desert survival classes. I'd never been out into the desert, so that was kind of neat to be in southern Utah. Yeah, I've only been to Utah for snowboarding, but I've never been to the desert part. I've actually, I've been, I've, I've been fortunate to do quite a bit of travel, but I actually haven't spent much time in the desert at all. That was through Boss, the Boulder Outdoor Survival School, which has been around for almost 60 years. And I joke with my friends because my lifestyle is people's like, why would you even pay to do something like that? You know, <laughs> yeah. On the second day, after the end of the second day, we got a banana. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, why are you paying to torture yourself? Yeah. 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 What's the best advice you would give someone that if they were getting ready to quit Kratom? Don't quit quitting. Don't quit quitting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good, that's quit, good advice. Quitting. Just quit every day, even if it's only for one day. Because yeah. once, you know, it's, it's, the worst thing I think that can happen is you give up quitting. Yeah. You know, it's just like, forget it. I guess I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And if a day feels too daunting, quit for an hour. If an hour feels too, too daunting, do it for yeah. 30 minutes. If that feels too daunting, do it for the, the minute. You just have to get through this and point you're, that you're at right now. Right. And when you're quitting, quitting, stop quitting doing the same thing, expecting different results. I was doing that for a while. And then I realized, okay, I keep doing the same thing. and This isn't working. Stop doing the same thing. Quit a different way. And ultimately, I think the biggest way to help also is to find a community, even if the community is just one other person who can help you. Not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily even to be accountable for them. Goes, they all, that's, I wanted to offer the way I did it here, which was through the 75 Heart Program, which fit me perfectly. Just hard enough. It had daily goals. It had long-term goals. Worked so well for me. Uh, but that's, that's the big part of it is, you know, try quitting a different way every single day. Yeah. And eventually if you really want to do it, it will stick. That's what it is. You got to find your why or what your little thing is that makes a difference. Yeah, definitely. Persistence is key with, with addiction. You have to stick and with quitting, some, like you said. And, and find something thing, that's in, quit for your reason. Cause I've seen a yeah. lot of, you know, unfortunately spend time with, people with like serious heroin addictions and stuff. And I know they had children and the obvious thing at first mm-hmm. to be like, well, you should quit because you have kids. And I'm like, I know that. No, that, that's not. It doesn't thing. work. It doesn't work. No, you have to quit for you. Until you truly can actually love yourself and can quit for yourself and realize that you have to be there for you. You can't be there for anybody else. Right. So. Right. My only other say concern with this product is being marketed they proudly put it on their flyers and, and website to college age athletes, colleges. And yeah. see that being, a, I mean, you know, we all know college people may not necessarily make the right decisions in life to begin with, but yeah. they put this on top of it, I see this becoming a problem because if a 50 some year old adult who's extremely athletic and generally a person can find themselves in there, I see a 19 year old. <laughs> Male, yeah. you know, getting really messed up in something like this. The other thing that I really dislike about it, some of the way some of these products are marketed, is they're marketed towards ex- people with addiction histories. So, like, as alcohol a, alternative, a, yep, yeah, alcohol alternative or alternative to opiates or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like it just it just ropes other and and there's people that have been clean for a while that you know, like yourself, you know, got roped back into addiction. Kind of BS in my opinion, but I I personally like I don't. 
I don't know. You're an ex-law enforcement person. You have probably more experience than I do. Well, definitely have more experience than, than I do in this in this regard. I don't think prohibition necessarily works. If it worked, I think it would be great, but I don't think it works. And no, I don't I, know what the best alternative is. So I don't want to see Kratom banned necessarily, but I think at least regulated, like maybe recreational marijuana or alcohol seems to make sense to me. Right. And I agree. I'd say I don't blame Anheuser-Busch for the gallons of beer I drank either. That were my decisions. Yes, exactly. But I think being this is a new product, Mm -hmm. I think some people maybe just unfortunately don't know any better the way I did. It was the the perfect target of their advertisement. Yeah. Charlie did an interview early on in the podcast series with someone that was like, they really had no idea that it was an addictive substance and had no history of addiction. And really had a terrible time with one of the specific products but anyway well is there anything else you would like to add before we conclude here today if anybody would like to get in touch with me they can do it through your you know get in touch with you and then you can send them me their information if anything yeah definitely if anything i would say my calling in life has always been service how may i serve is my daily mantra and if there's anybody i can help in any way, you know, they can go through you and you can send them to me and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, definitely. We have your your contact info and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly do that. Well, Jan, it has been really great talking to you and, you know, thanks for coming on the podcast. No, I, it's been my pleasure. Kratom in the Headlines. Hey everybody, it's Jacob, and this week on Kratom in the Headlines, we have an article entitled Kratom Poisonings Finding from 10 Cases. This is a European research paper that we will uh, link in the show notes, but essentially this paper uh, goes over a study that was done regarding um, basically 10 users experience in the Czech Republic. So over 36 months, the researchers found 10 cases of kratom poisonings in which they were able to analyze the healthcare records and they were recording a few interesting things. So the dominant symptoms in their series were neurological and included basically disorder of consciousness, signs and symptoms of Essentially, cardiac arrest were noticed, and then also a prompt response with naloxone in two cases, and essentially a lack of response in another case, in case when using naloxone for a potential kratom overdose or problematic situation. So essentially, all the patients survived the effects of intoxication, and they wore off within a total of two days. So essentially, their synopsis was kratom overdose is variable and essentially consists of signs and symptoms that are very much like an opioid-like overdose. And naloxone can be used in some cases to help address and potentially arrest some of those symptoms that are happening. So it was a very interesting article, and essentially it categorizes really the effects of Kratom intoxication and overdose into three categories. Those are 
opioid syndrome, where you have depressed consciousness or coma, slow breathing, pupil constriction, and vomiting. So, you know, very similar to when someone would take too much oxycodone or heroin or fentanyl, very similar symptoms with a large dose and uh, overdose of kratom. Also, sympathetic overactivation syndrome, hypertension, rapid heartbeat and pupil dilations, effects on the cardiovascular system, hypertension, etc. And probably unique to kratom versus other opiates is the serotonin-like syndrome that includes agitation, restlessness, twitching, and vomiting. So the study has a lot of limits because it's only based on 10 case studies. Not all the patient blood samples were fully tested nor were any of the products that were used by the patients tested. So they weren't able to test the powder or extracts or anything like that that was um, consumed. But essentially, nonetheless, these are side effects that are often reported in social media, on forums, in feedback that we get from listeners, in recovery meetings, etc. And also that you've probably heard from many guests on the podcast. So, you know, do these symptoms happen to everyone? No. But do some people experience them? Yes. So really, the science on Kratom is mixed. And I don't think that we should allow anyone to gaslight us into believing that research has proven that Kratom is harmless and benign. If anything, I think there are several case studies that show the opposite effect. And I think the experience and the lived experience of many of us within the Kratom recovery community, as well as our guests on this podcast have expressed similar things. So an interesting paper and just more research coming to show that Kratom is in not fact a harmless substance and that while some folks may derive benefits from it, it does have the potential to lead to addiction as well as possible complications and in some extreme cases, even death. So be careful out there if you're still using Kratom. And if you have been able to break away and are Kratom free, keep it up. We're rooting for you and have a great day. Resource of the week. I'm going to share the program that Jan talked about in his interview, Hard 75. In this program, you commit for 75 days to one, eat a healthy diet, two, exercise twice a day for 45 minutes at a time, one of those outdoors, three, drink a gallon of water, which is equivalent to 15 and a half cups of water, or read a book, a hard copy of a book for at least 10 minutes, and five, do a progress pick before and after. I'm going to share the links that Jan gave me to the original influencer, his post about this and his podcast. You do have to like give your email address. I don't think there's any money, but I didn't sign up. You know, there's like a onboarding funnel there where you have to go through the system. I will also share a post from the Cleveland Clinic that does an overview of the program. You know, their criticism is that, you know, this could be sort of a fad, but in general, all these activities are healthy and can be helpful. You know, Jan emailed me again and urged me to suggest that, you know, he wants it to be a resource for people. So if you want to think about, you know, quitting Kratom and use this hard 75 plan, you know, instead of 
you know, no alcohol, but go with the no kratom for 75 days. And then hopefully beyond that, you know, I think it could work. It worked for Jan and I can connect you with him by email and maybe he can be a support for you. And just to wrap up, you know, a listener and I, Jay, we're going to do a modified hard 75 more for health and diet reasons. We're going to call it Zen 75. And my modifications to it are going to be, I'm only going to exercise once a day. It would be a recipe for injury if I go from little exercise to an hour and a half. I'm adding no devices in the bedroom as my abstinence goal. Yeah, I think 25 episodes ago, I talked about the book Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, and I have not cracked it. I did not bring it with me on my trip where I had a lot of a long red eye and a layover, and I regretted not bringing it, and I haven't started it. So that will be the book I'm reading. And we're calling it Zen 75 because we're not going to start over if we have an off day. We're going to record our progress and mark it. Then at the end of the 75 days, we'll just kind of in a non-judgmental manner, kind of observe how we did. You know, sometimes if you're an imperfect perfectionist, like I tend to be, you know, it'll just end up, I know I can't do 75 straight days of that. And so I'll just kind of engage in self-harassment and bullying about how, what a failure I was. So and Jay is having a surgery and they're going to replace the exercise with engaging in fun hobbies like practicing the guitar and stuff while they recuperating from their surgery. So that's the resource of the week. I will put the links in the show notes for you to check out. Please be in touch with us on social media and you can leave a voicemail and we'll play it. And until next time, keep it Kratom free.